Wednesday night. The light. We are back. We are running and we are ripping, baby. It's the Fantasy Affair live streams where I bring it to you. You get your dynasty needs. We answer your questions when we send you out satisfied. I got three of my good buddies from the wrestling map, but they are fantasy football connoisseurs. So let's bring them in for RB Trust Falls, Cliff Dives, and a little taxi squads. So let's start it with one of our own, the Dynasty Duo. You'll see him flashing around here. Do, 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 do. I would use that song, but they won't let me. Flash Gordon, a.k.a. Kid Flash, a.k.a. your Wednesday night delight. CJ, what's up, my man? What's going on, Maddie? I'm so excited to start talking about this tonight. I can't wait to get some deep cliff dives on this one. Dude, and this is all kind of into your rankings that you do every year. You have to kind of see when is enough enough on some of these older running backs, some of these veterans. Oh, yeah. I already started working on my redraft rankings, just kind of get a preliminary setup. And I've got my dynasty rankings up on Fantasy Pros right now. So I've got those ready to go. And we actually just did a Taxi Squad podcast last week that dropped. So I'm, re- I'm just like ready to talk about all this. He's all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. C.J. Krause is on fire, and he's pretty strong, too. Um, but let's bring it back. We got Matt Kelly from The Pick Is In. From DFS to Dynasty, he has taken over, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is kicking butt. We just got hooked up with some Viridian swag. Let's get him out here. Matt Kelly. And he's muted. <laughs> Why are you muted? Oh, I oh, muted you. Who would mute me? Power trip. Okay. Bye bye. Why would we do this? I think it's CJ's fault. <laughs> oh. CJ's fault because I'm cliff diving his rankings already. First cliff dive of the night. Hey. Uh, nah, good <laughs> to be in here, Maddie. Glad to talk. Glad you got me into the Viridian contest. Got this sweet new uh, Air Ayuk shirt, and I'm, I'm ready to talk some running backs tonight, man. Ayukin. Well, Matt, dude, what you're doing at the pick is in is top notch. We got a new up-and-comer, a rookie, a blue chipper. This guy is doing faces of fantasy. I just had the pleasure to talk fantasy, talk life, and just kind of get to know him, and he's looking forward to getting to know all of you. That's Burner of Stone from the Faces of Fantasy. What's up, Clayton? Oh, not a whole lot, man. How you doing, brother? Dude, doing great. Thank you for coming on, man. What a hey, cool concept. Getting to kind of peel the curtain back a little bit and see what we're all about other than just winning championships. Man, you know, I, I follow a bunch of these people and I want to get to know them personally, you know, other than what I see on, on Twitter or the content they put out. So I figured why not, you know? Clayton, as a cat, that's perfect. But let's <laughs> talk football. Let's talk fantasy football, guys. I want to hit up Arby's. We've got the Jonathan Taylor, the Cam Akers, the new new blue chippers. But let's talk those guys that scare you. So what Trust Falls is, guys that you don't mind having on your roster, if they shit the bed, you're okay with it. They're your guys. You expect production. But then we have those cliff dives. Those cliff dives are RB veterans you're ready to get rid of. You're not taking that chance. You think the end is near for these guys. Trade value is a big thing, but so is finishing finishing the season as a champ. So let's start with first. This one's kind of, when I was doing this, I almost left him out because I feel like the fantasy community is down on this guy. Let's go with the brick shit house, Derrick Henry. 
Is he a trust fall or is now the time to get out and he's a cliff dive? Clayton, let's start with you, man, right off the bat. Uh, it might not be a popular opinion, but if I have Derek Henry on my team, I think now is when I'm going to get the most back from him. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think his stock goes any higher. It, it might stay the same for a while this season, maybe the whole season. But I, I think if you're if you're wanting maximum value back out of out of him, now's the time to do it. Now's the time. All right. Um, could you see him putting up another good year or two of production with that 250-pound frame, that 6'3 height behind this run-first offense? Do you think the end is near, or is this you still might have one more year of Derrick Henry? You, you very well might still have one more year. I mean, and it could be, too. I could be dead wrong, but when I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the situation, I'm looking at how many touches he gets, I mean, I think right now is your safest bet. I mean, shot be five. See what you see what you can get uh, in return. See what you can get. So that would be a cliff dive, Mr. Kelly. Hit me with it. Yeah, with Derrick Henry, man, uh, he's going to be 28 in January. He's going off as RB4 right now in early ja uh, early drafts. He had 378 attempts in 2020, Ooh. 303 in 2019. Only missed one game uh, over the last two seasons. So. I mean, Derrick Henry is built with a durability that you just don't see from pretty much any other running back around the league. Um, of top tw 24 running backs last season, it was Derrick Henry and Naeem Hines are the only two guys that played 16 games. So in my mind, if we're just talking about maximum value, this is maximum value for Derrick Henry. 2K, 2,000-yard uh, season like the repeatability of that is just so insane. He's, he's still going to be good this year. He might be good next year. He might be Adrian Peterson. You know, he might just keep trucking along for the next two or three years, but if we're just purely talking about uh, max value, now's your time to cash out on Derrick Henry, in my opinion. 28 with high mileage. CJ, are you a Honda driver? You just, you, you love the durability that he is putting out with these 16 games a year, 15 games a year and the heavy mileage. Are you ready to trade in for one of those fancy new low mileage cars? I'm 100% trading in. For the sheer fact, he cannot be anomaly any longer, pretty much. Every running back gets injured. He has yet to have a serious injury, and there's zero chance his value can go up. This is what you have to look for in dynasties. You can't just be like, oh, he's good. He's worth something. You have to look at a year ahead, two years ahead. Right. If Derrick Henry tomorrow tears his ACL, he is worthless. If a guy like Cam Akers tears his ACL tomorrow, he still has value for the next three to five years. And that's right. how you have to look at it. Um, from a dynasty perspective, if you're getting the 105, CJ, are you trading Derrick Henry and Superflex? That still gets you Etienne. That still gets you Javante. Probably won't get you Najee. You can't, you can't squeeze pennies out of me. 105 or Derrick Henry? I need to see the board and what my team is. If my team is middle of the pack or lower, I would take that. If Najee's there, I would take that. I would, if I have decent running back, like most times I would take it. It just depends on if I only have like, let's say a weak running back core and I'm a contender. No, but I would say 80% of the time I take the one Oh five, but that's probably chaser pits or a quarterback. There's so many. Yeah. Five's great. I take it. So that's, that's not bad value. Let's move on to some harder ones. Some guys that are a little younger and they're, they've been consistent. And then you got a couple question marks here. Oh, wrong one. Dalvin cook, Kamara, CMC. 
CMC with the injury, Kamara with the new quarterback, and Cook just feels like a ticking time bomb sometimes. So, CJ, I'm going to go back to you. Tell me about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is someone I really don't have a lot on my rosters, especially if I'm doing a startup right now, just because he does have that wear and tear and a high injury, like repeatability rate. So if he's a value, yes, but he never falls past the early second, the latest. So I really don't have him. The only way I would have him if I already had him. And at that point, I think he's a hold just because his numbers are repeatability is there. And I'm not sure there's a buying market right now. So if I had to pick in a um, startup, he is a cliff dive, but in a, if I already own him, he's a trust fall. Trust fall or cliff dives. I'm not talking cliffhangers. I'm not talking cliff dives like the Titanic. I'm talking CMC, Matt Kelly. This guy has been away for a couple games, played three last year, RB 53. But before that, before that, he was just the cream de la crime. RB1, RB2, RB10. This has to be a trust fall, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not worried about CMC in the least, and this is not just the uh, Homer and me coming out. I am a Panthers fan. I tend to not draft guys uh, off of my own uh, fandom team, which is the Panthers, but uh, CMC is most certainly one of those exceptions. I mean, when he did play last season, 28, 24, 36 points in 2020. In 2019, he averaged 29 and a half points per game, 150 more than the next closest guy in Aaron Jones. The offense should improve uh, there with Sam Darnold, which should mean more scoring opportunities. Uh, The offensive line, say what you will about it. It's Christian McCaffrey. I don't care. He's a trust fall. I'm holding him for an absolute ransom if I have him. Now, Matt, you being the Panthers truther, I have to ask you, as a Chubba fan, is Chubba going to come in here and steal the job from CMC? <laughs> not, not the job, I wouldn't say, but I, Maybe I think five he's... Maybe carries a game if I'm lucky. I, I Man, I, I think he's getting some... I think he's getting between six and eight touches a game. That's about the baseline. I don't think they're straying too far away from CMC. All right. Mr. Burner. Mr. Cook. Who's in the kitchen here? Dalvin Cook? Is he on this this kitchen squad you got making up these hot soups? Or is he hitting the trash? What what's up with Cook? He can't stay healthy, but he is good when he plays. He does have a history of not staying healthy. But when he's healthy, like last year, he was an absolute difference maker. I mean, there were leagues, redraft leagues, where you know you'd go up against him and it was just like well you know my team did the best it's done all season and i still didn't win i mean he was putting up points and not only that but uh i mean they they improved the offensive line in minnesota you know with pick 23 they took uh christian darisol and then they took wyatt davis the guard in the third round i mean they're trying to beef up that old line and it's going to be better for run blocking it's it's going to be i think it's going to be better for cook honestly all right so we've got cook We've got Kamara with Winston. We got CJ up there. How how funny is it the pa- Panthers are Matt Kelly's team and Kamara and the Saints are CJ's team? And then we have Cook and the Burner over there. Um, I'm not touching the Cook. Kamara, fill me in a little bit more about this guy because he is an RB1 CJ. Like when he plays with Breeze, he's a monster. Being a home fan, fill me in on Kamara. 
Oh, this one hurts me. I, I'm so upset that you, I wish you were to skip me on this one. But yeah, Kamara is a guy that I would be shopping as hard as I can right now. Um, because again, I don't think his value can go up anymore. And at the same time, the um, the offense is not going to be better for him, even if Winston is the quarterback, which I presume he's going to be. But there's a chance he's not. But Winston has not shown an ability to throw the running back. His check down is a bomb most more often than not. And we saw what happens when Taysom Hill hits the field. I actually wrote an article where I extrapolated the stats out. If Kamara played a full season with Taysom Hill, he would instead of being an RB5, he would be RB12 to 13. So that's a big difference. So still an RB1, but the same idea would be he's nowhere near the value of what he is. So at current price, I have to try to shop him because there's nowhere to go but down, in my opinion. So it seems like we're kind of getting this pattern where we're, we're everybody wants to sell these guys. Doesn't matter what they've done the last couple of years. It's not just CMC. Buy CMC. I'm not saying buy CMC. Buy CMC. Are either one of you trade three first or dying? CMC? Are you dying on your grave for Kamara, Matt or uh, Clayton? Uh, not for Kamara. For Cook, I would. Wow. So fill me in a little bit more on Cook, then, Mr. Kelly. Yeah, I mean, over the last two seasons, he's running back two and running back three in points per game. Um, you know, going back to the stat that I mentioned before, two guys uh, in the top 24 running backs played all 16 games. Uh, Dalvin Cook played 14 games in each of the last two seasons. He may have came out early a game or two as well, but he was in there for 14 games. So uh, I'm kind of shifting off the injury prone narrative just because there's so many running backs that miss games all the time. And if you're going to give me 14 games at that, elite difference making level give me dalvin cook i'll gladly take him off your hands yeah dalvin i think dalvin's the one out of this group you're gonna buy low right now i think you could have a chance but if like matt if this is the time i'd go after matt or dalvin cook this is your shot um burner you're kind of quiet over there you've talked cook I feel like we're all kind of on CMC. Is there any hesitation with Kamara? Yeah, there's a lot of hesitation. And I think it's going to be really dependent on who's named the starter and what that whole situation looks like. I mean, I, I think there's a chance, like uh, like CJ said, he, he nailed it perfectly. If, if Hill is the guy in New Orleans, then you have a, a you know, late first round, early second, or, you know, late RB1, early RB2 essentially right. is what you're looking at. And uh, if you, it, and see, I don't know what to think about Jameis. I, I think that, I think that with Jameis, he stands a better chance of, you know, staying somewhere within the top five. Bro. That's my Russo voice. Jameis sitting the starter, bro. <laughs> Who do you guys have the starter the right now, Maddie? Huh? Who do you guys have the starter right now in New Orleans? I think it's going to be Taysom. Yeah, me I too. Just, I just feel it. I don't feel like I don't trust Jameis. You know, I think Jameis like hanging out with one of those bad friends. He might do really cool I, stuff. I think Jameis is the best way to put it. Games, but he's going to turn it over enough to where Taysom's going to be on the field. I just don't see a full season of Jameis. I just don't trust it. I can't do it. So I thought, I thought, someone wrote this on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was really interesting. I, I forgot who I'll look up and I give them credit for it. They said, if Taysom Hill wins the job, Taysom Hill's the starter. If Jameis Winston wins the job, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill's the starter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's definitely a transition from Breeze to this because it does have – it is shiny. It looks nice, but what are we – they could both be, you know, not good. Um, guys, before we move on, 
Favorite beach drink, CJ? Ice cold beer. Keep cold it easy. Beer. All right. Favorite beach activity, Mr. Kelly? Ooh, beach activity. Dude, it's it's maybe, I don't know if this is a cop-out or not, but it's people watching. People watching. It's just people watching. People do some interesting things in airports and at the beach. Like, yeah. it's just prime, give me a chair, give me a bucket of beers. I'm just going to sit there and watch and see what people do. Close your blinds around Matt Kelly, heard. <laughs> uh, this kind of leads right into that. Clayton, nude beach or non-nude beach? For me, non, man. Uh, you know, family guy and all that. I just yeah, can't we're not do it, brother. Your kids to the nude beach, dude. I'm I'm not in my my early twenties. I'm I'm not in good shape. No, nobody wants to see that. I promise you. I'm I'm staying clothed, my friend. All right. Well, never mind. Um, let's keep it going. Matt's moving to the beach next week. Pretty pumped. Not Matt Kelly, Matty Daddy. Let's go to some more tricky RBs. These guys, they got cliff dives written all over them. But there's a couple of those guys I'm a little stubborn with. Aaron Jones, Zeke. They have a nice big spot in my heart. But let's go with Eckler first, man. Eckler's got this new new system. He doesn't have that Q or RB whisper he did now. He's in Detroit. Eckler's been hurt, though. There is no clear, like, backup behind him. Let's go to you first, CJ, our charger extraordinaire. Eckler, is he a cliff dive or is he a trust fall? I think he's a trust fall. The, the thing the Marcus is, I'm, I'm assuming this is full PPR we're talking here. Of course. Okay, of course. That's a very important uh, differential here with this, this, this running back especially. When we saw hey. him come – Mahala, bro. Mahala. <laughs> when we saw him come back, we saw a huge difference in the way they used the offense. And he actually took a lot of the market share away from Keenan Allen. I think it's a very set up. And the, as you said, the running backs behind him, they're trying to find a thumper. And I think Eckler, the only thing we haven't seen him is him hold up. But I think they use him in the proper role where it's his catching five to six passes a game and getting a 10 run. I think that's where we want to see it. I love it. Is that super dog? Yeah, the animals are a uh, little little backed up in the corner over here, so I'm going to break them up really quick. It's not hour. Don't start shaking the ropes. Mr. <laughs> Kelly, I'm going to go with Mixon here. What what do we have here? This offense, and I feel like Mixon always has this upside, and he's young and he's good, but he's not on the field. And what do we have in Cincinnati? It looks nice, but is it a mirage? Yeah, Mixon is actually the most difficult one uh, to kind of pinpoint for me. He's only going to be 25 here in July, so he's one of the younger backs that we're still talking about here tonight. Uh, he was on pace for 69 pass targets last season. Nice. Uh, 19th in points per game in 2019 with 14.1. He had 16.6 before the uh, injury derailed him last season. But, I mean, the thing, for, the thing that's going for Mixon is there's – Freaking nobody there behind him. Right. There's absolutely nobody there behind him. Uh, the Bengals seem like they want to, you know, they paid him. Uh, we've already had uh, comments out of their offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. They said, hey, don't want Mixon coming off the field. My problem with him Shoot. is I still don't know what the hell happened to Joe Mixon definitively last year. And I asked this last night on Twitter. And uh, FF Ming sent me an article he did over on Fan Tracks. And he thinks it was a strain. Uh, they got mis uh, misdiagnosed and could have been something along the lines of Liz Frank. And Ooh. that's, that's Ooh. about as 
granular as I've gotten with Joe Mixon because the Bengals never definitively came out and said exactly what happened to them. And if you remember the season before that, they did the exact same thing with A.J. Green. So moreover, the thing that I've learned out of this is I don't trust the freaking Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff. Uh, On top of that, they drafted Jamar Chase. I think those targets are going to go down. So the problem is you can't really sell him because I don't think anybody necessarily is trying to buy Joe Mixon. So I think you're selling him at his low point. So I'm trying to hold on to him through maybe week six, maybe week eight, hoping he pops off, sell him to a contender that's maybe making that push for a championship if I'm out of the picture. Uh, but Joe Mixon is just in a weird spot. He may get there just purely on volume alone if he stays on the field. Interesting. Mixon, man, like he could really hit that upside this year or he could really just be a cliff dive. But I'm going to go to you, Clayton. You got Zeke over there right on your shoulder. This is a guy close to my heart. I know you're a Cowboys fan too. Talk me off the cliff. Tell me he's a trust fall. It's difficult. You don't have to. If he's not, just (laughs) nail it with me. No. with, with this Zeke, it's difficult for me because we know that with Dak coming back, we're, we're probably going to see the Zeke of old, you know, and I want to buy into that. But at the same time, I think we've seen enough from Tony Pollard that maybe they understand they don't need to run Zeke as much, you right. know, and, and so and so there's a good chance Pollard eats into eats into some of his workload. I mean, he can he can fend for himself out there. They don't it's not Zeke and nobody Pollard's, you know, it, He's a good flex play in a lot of leagues. I mean, especially, you know, PPR and stuff like that. So I, it, it's hard to say he's a sell right now. If if I own him, I'm holding him, letting him show off a little in the season and then trying to move him. So you think he's an in-season trade? He's Not an in-season right trade. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All right. It's time for me to get, clear the room and talk about Aaron Jones. One side, I love this dude. I love what he does, and I feel like he's got more to offer. He's got more in Pandora's box. But the other side, I do see A.J. Dillon lurking back there, looking over my shoulder. Hey, no faces up there, dude. (laughs) Um, Aaron Jones is a beast, and he's got little bits of target share, but Aaron Rodgers leaving scares me. But guess what? Aaron Jones, flex it on me, baby, because I'm I'm trust falling. I'm falling in love again. Hit the Creed music. Let's go. Let's run it back. All right. Anybody think Aaron Jones is a cliff dive? Raise their hand. CJ? It's such a hard call with a lot of these guys. The problem is what are you getting back for them? Like Aaron Jones is a guy, again, depending how your season's going, you're going to want him or get rid of him. This is what a lot of these guys are. So I love Aaron Jones, but no one's buying him right now. His price is so depressed with the um, Aaron Rodgers news looming about that he has to be a trust fall. You have to fall into that. You can't you can't sell him for the price he's worth because he's going to be a if Aaron Rodgers is there, he's a top five RB every week. You know it. I think with trust falls and cliff dives, it's important in Dynasty to look farther than just this year. To have a two year window. Like, obviously, if you don't believe in these guys, but all these guys could produce, no problem. It's you banking on their value to go up. So that's huge. Um, anybody case, think- there's no way Aaron Jones's value goes up. That's- okay. I think he could get more catches. 
So in PPR format, maybe the touchdowns go down. But granted, I guess it all does depend on Aaron Rodgers as well. Well, the downside of that is well, that he has one of the hardest schedules starting the season. So he's one of those guys that's going to come out with a slow start most likely. That could indicate a buying window for a lot of people, more so than yeah. a selling window for that matter. Well, in the injuries, he started off his career like 12 games, 12 games, 14 games. He was also suspended a little bit there, so it's not just that- – <laughs> that's never good but i mean i guess that's if you're suspended it's not the same as being hurt baby it's less carries man they got the, the little, little less wear and tear right rules are different now but i like Does what anybody you said, have a bold statement before we move on about these guys that they need to get out i was just gonna say with no jamal williams there yeah you you actually could see an uptick for aaron jones and catches um so i'm actually okay with that i'm kind of just wondering if aaron Rodgers is gone does that mean they just have to hammer, you know, Aaron Jones into the ground before he, you know, hits the cliff point at, as it is anyway, he's about to be 27. Yeah. Do you just ride him even more? And does he just get there on volume? I mean, running back three, running back four over the last two seasons, he's good for at least three or four week winning type weeks uh, every single season. Uh, hot takes though. Austin Eckler, top, I'll go top seven running back this season. Ooh, I like it. That's faith, man. So it sounds like Eckler's a buy across the board. Clayton, any uh, last thoughts on these guys before we move on? I mean, Aaron Jones's contract speaks a lot to me. They re-signed him for, you know, four years. I think it was 48, 12 a year. I mean, he's their, he's their guy for the foreseeable future. Uh, yes, yes, you have uh, you have A.J. Dillon Quadzilla back there. You know, I'm sure he's going to show his face. They drafted, what, Kylan Hill, and then they have Dexter Williams. I mean, Aaron Jones is the guy, and I, I don't think it very much matters whether or not Aaron Rodgers is there. I mean, he's a total trust fall to me. Trust fall. Everybody's got to learn the hard way or the easy way. Well, let's go the hard way. That's our next crew of bad dudes. We got Chris Carson. Kareem, the kicking dream, and Mr. Lenny playoff hunt or Fournette. <laughs> CJ, let's get this one out of the way. Leonard Fournette, sell me on him. I'm not, I can't sell you on him. I, <laughs> I don't want him. Like, yeah. there's nothing I can say to sell you on him. Like, he's Good a guy, icebreaker, right? Yeah. I'm like, you start with the one I do not want to talk about. I do not want him on my team. I'm trading him if anybody believes in Lombardi Lenny. Give me like a couple seconds. I'm like, cool, you can have him. I'm like, I have no trust in him a holding up b having a good enough workload with um, ronald jones in that backfield it's all just literally a good playoff run we're living off of and we saw that with like guy like sony michelle who's actually like another first round bust that we've seen from the nfl so like i just think like yeah lombardi lenny is a is a um a very very big cliff dive and go find the person that wants to be a trust fall and sell him right now well that's giovanni bernard that's rojo and uh cj one more Tell me a little bit about Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, who? Like, <laughs> that's someone that just like that again is in the back burner. There's just so much in that backfield, but I think Vaughn was just again a, a poor pick by their selection. I think he has the juice to do something. Just the way that that coaching staff runs, I think it's going to be Giovanni Bernard's going to take up so much of the passing work in that offense. He's going to be the James White. They literally called Gio the day he was cut and be like, "Hey, we, Brady wants you." 
So that's going to be his role. So like literally the whole upside of Leonard Fournette, the whole idea that Vaughn could be a guy that has his workload is gone in my opinion for Gio Bernard, who they literally decided to go grab. No matter what you think of the player, the coaching staff and the quarterback want him there. So it takes off from everybody. I want nothing to do with that backfield. Does anybody want a part of Fournette? <clears throat> Not going to do it. Clayton, who do you want a part of? Hunt or Carson? Oh, man. Uh, for me, it's got to be Chris Carson, man. I want him. I want him for this season. I don't know how much longer I want him after that, but I do want him this season. I mean, you, you look at that depth chart, there's nothing that scares me at all. I mean, Rashad Penny has been supposed to come on for how many years now, and it hasn't happened. And then you've got Travis Homer. I mean, it, it reality is Chris Carson's the guy there, and he probably will be for the next two, three years. But I, I want him in Dynasty this year, and then I want to move away from him. Matt, what's your take on Carson? Give me all of that, Chris Carson. All of that, Chris Carson. Uh, ever since they drafted Rashad Penny, obviously that was – uh, the worry when when Pete decided to take him in the first round, but then you kept hearing through that particular offseason, Pete just kept beating the drum for Chris Carson. Man, people are like, No, you just you just took that guy in the first round. What are you talking about? And it's been Chris Carson ever since running back 12 in 2019, 15 games, running back 19 last season. Rashad Penny, they declined his fifth year option. That tells you what they think about them. They sent Carlos Hyde packing. Give me all the Chris Carson, dude. Uh, Shane Waldron uh, is going to be the offensive coordinator. He was previously the passing game coordinator for the Rams. Uh, I don't know if you watched Rams football last year, but they they ran a lot inside the 20. I think that's going to happen again here with Chris Carson. So, yeah, man, I'm, try I'm trying to steal Chris Carson wherever I can. And uh, just a little side note, the, the Tampa Bay running back or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back to, to have, in my opinion, is – Gio Bernard. He's the cheapest. He's going to catch passes. Give me Gio. I don't want nothing to do with Ronald Jones or Lenny Fournette. feel like I should just have a Gio Bernard dance right now with the mustache. Let's all shave our beards into mustaches. Let's go. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we'd be very miserable. All right. We might, we'd be very single. <laughs> yeah, good point. We wouldn't get far. Kareem Hunt, though, man. He's always had the juice. He looked good when Hunt, when Chubb wasn't there. This is a run-heavy team, and you can tell he's the pass back there. Dude, Kareem Hunt, to me, this is a trust fall. I'm willing to hang out with him, get burned. I don't care. I've gotten burned in the past. When he plays, he's a gamer. CJ, trust fall Kareem Hunt or Cliff oh, that? He's a trust fall. I mean, I've been buying him as a lot in this offseason. I, I mean, he's one of the guys I usually buy just because he's the last running back I trust to be my RB2 because he always has RB1 upside. He has all the playability that you can have. And then his price is never too high because there's a better running back in front of him. Nick Chubb is a better running back. But at the same time, in a 17-game season, there's going to be more of a split than we want to admit to ourselves, which right. means I think Kareem Hunt sees the ball more than he did last season. And he already is the better pass catcher on the team. He's RB2 be, last year. Yeah. I mean, that was elevated a lot on a couple big games, and it was elevated a lot on Chubb getting hurt. So, like, Chubb I would love hurt a lot, though. Oh, I completely agree. He had one of the most catastrophic knee injuries of all college football. So that's something yeah. to always keep in the back of our minds as a player like that. So, again, at his price, he's usually going in that sixth round in a super flex startup. 
he's never more than like a first a late first and trades a lot of the time so like i'm scooping up hunt wherever i can and i'm riding him till the wheels fall off at this point just because he's at an age you can't sell him back for more than he is he's gonna outproduce his price so 100 trust fall on that one all right is anybody cliff diving kareem hunt yeah i'm probably out whoa matt fill me Which in makes I sense because matt kelly traded him to me oh. yeah yeah no i i mean i'm kind of out um last year 51 percent of the snap share and that's even with uh nick chubb you know being on the il for like six weeks if you had to guess maddie cj anybody uh burner whoever wants to jump in how many targets do you think kareem hunt saw last season hmm how many targets 80 yep nope 65 nope 40 closer burners closest 51 51 is all that hunt saw even with chubb off the field i think that's only going to continue to decline nick chubb is clearly their bet the best player on the team uh find a way to get it into his hands the browns are in a window to do damage and to make it further than they've made it in quite some time uh kareem hunt we'll see a little bit if they're trying to close out games maybe if the browns are just really up in a lot of games this season uh then then hunt's closing some out with some uh some check downs from baker or something like that but otherwise i you know if somebody's handing me a back of the first give me that back of the first all day Ooh. okay so i'm more on hunt than i am carson i'm not really worried about fournette i just feel like he was a honorable mention kind of guy Matt, where's your last beach vacation? Uh, it's funny. I was just talking about this the other night because I've got one scheduled for November. Uh, my last actual beach vacation was 2017. Okay. Where'd you go? Yep. Uh, Punta Cana. Ooh, man. No, that's a lie. Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. I've never heard of either one of them. <laughs> Mr. Nate. Up, Nate. Nate the Great. Um, Clayton, you're up there in the hills of Idaho. When was your last beach trip, my man? Uh, that would have been last year before I left the uh, the great state of Texas. Uh, living in San Antonio, we went down to uh, to Corpus Christi, North Padre Island, and uh, Padre Island is that where like Girls Gone Wild and all those? That, that's South Padre. That's that's way further south. And actually, I think since then, I actually have been to. Uh, I went to Port Aransas for a bachelor party about a month before we left. So that would be the one. If you would have said Galveston, I would have disqualified you, though. <laughs> Galveston, no. Oh. Clayton. I mean, not Clayton. Excuse me. Mr. CJ. Are you a beachgoer? You used to um, live there. Were you a beach guy? I'm actually not a beach guy. I actually d despise sand. So, like, I'm typically not a fan of the beach in all reality. I, I, like, a, like, a, I like being outside. I like being by the pool. I just don't like sand at all. So, do you miss it? Do you miss Florida compared to Colorado? Oh no, I, I love going to visit Florida. I just like I just I'd rather be here than there. But I love going to visit everyone. I think it's a great for a week, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get out of here again. I like cities. Old city slickers. Just just uh, for the record, if you hate sand, take baby powder. Somebody <laughs> who grew up on the Gulf Coast gets it right off you. It still gets everywhere, man. It's just so gross. It does. It does. Like, I don't mind the beach. I just hate packing like everything to take to the beach. And you're just a one man wrecking crew. Before you even get out there and set up, you're like exhausted. Yeah. 
Uh, that sounds that sounds like a kid's problem. I don't have that. Kids, there is dog beaches though. That's fair. My, dog, my dogs don't swim well, so I shouldn't. <laughs> Let's see how this dolphin swims. Taxi squad stashes. Jared Dokes, Mister Cincinnati himself. This guy was pretty good last year in college. Nine seventy-two in five. Round seven pick here for the Dolphins. Didn't bring anybody in. Fill us in on this guy. Man, when it comes to Dokes, it has a lot to do with with the depth chart there. Okay. You know, you might say seventh round draft capital. Who's who's gonna start a seventh round running back? The Dolphins. That's who, because that's what they did with Miles Gaskin. And then behind him, you've got uh Savan Ahmed, Ahmed, sorry. And he was a UDFA uh, behind. They, they brought in uh, Malcolm Brown, but you look at him and they signed him to a, it was like a $1.75 million one-year contract. They're not paying him the big bucks. He's not there to start. I mean, he's there for depth. That's it. And so when you look at the situation, you've got a guy who is 5'11", uh, 228. You know, he's a big guy. He's got a lot of power. He runs with power, big legs. I mean, he's not, he can catch passes, but it's not necessarily what he does. And so if, if you take somebody like this, who also, I think, ran a, it was a four five forty and had a 39 and a half inch vert. I mean, so the guy's got legs, he's got power, he's got speed. So you bring him in, and I, I think that, uh, I think he's going to end up possibly being being the thunder to Miles Gaskin's lightning. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to start, you know, or get the majority, be a three down back. But he's he's definitely going to be involved. Well, and this and, is a third round rookie pick. This is a maybe a free agent after your rookie draft. Right, he's real late. So for a team that's going to run the ball, that's a kind of their motto with the stout defense. This could be a match made in heaven. I absolutely agree. All right, from one RB to another, we've seen Miles Sanders. He can't stay healthy. We got Jordan Howard. We got carry on. But we have a fifth round selection by your Philadelphia field goal phenomenon, Eagles. Y'all remember that movie, Tony Danza? No? Okay. Not that one. Excuse me. Maddie with the Ayuk shirt. Repping that Memphis. Kenny Gainwell, man. One of the more explosive uh, pass catchers in this rookie class. Phil sent on Gainwell. Why do you think he's a good taxi squad stash? Just real quick, Clayton, are, are you the person that sniped dokes for me in our draft? Uh, our I might have, I might have been. I think that was yeah, Maddie. I got, I got that Maddie. one. Yeah, I've been, I've been taking dokes everywhere. So I, I like that call because you can get him late. Uh, the Dolphins did have trouble getting into the end zone. So love the call there on Dokes as the bigger back there in Miami. Uh, but with Kenny Gainwell, uh, yeah, to uh, to the comment that just popped up, I, I've pretty much been off of Sanders from more or less day one. So I guess I missed the boat with the, uh, the little run that he had there in his rookie season. I was completely off of him last season, and that pretty well showed to pay off. Grant you, he was hurt. The entire damn Philadelphia Eagles team was hurt, but Kenny Gainwell is just, he's kind of hard to pinpoint. He's 5'8", 201, as you mentioned, out of Memphis, 4'4", 7 on his pro day. Had a massive, just 
ridiculous like Madden like numbers in 2019, and then he opted out of 2020, which is what makes it so difficult uh, to peg where exactly Kenny Gainwell should be going and what his value is, uh, kind of right there in Philadelphia. But with that, and with them also bringing in Carry On Johnson, I think that kind of you know, I'm not necessarily worried about carry on as far as like workload towards Miles Sanders per se. Uh, but I just think it tells you what the Eagles think about Miles Sanders and specifically his pass catching. If you think about what carry on kind of is okay at, if we're going to say that carry on's okay at anything, and it's probably pass catching. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is most certainly a pass catching specialist. Um, and I think as the season wears on, you're going to see more and more of him on third down. And if you're believing, you know, in what Philadelphia has going with Jalen Hurts um, and the new surrounding cast, Devontae Smith, they have to, they almost have to by default uh, be better on offense. So uh, Kenny Gainwell is someone, uh, someone that you can still get in the third round, maybe even later if you're, uh, you know, if your draft mates are just asleep at the will. Uh, but I, I'm pretty much grabbing him wherever I can and just taking my shot on him because I don't see Miles Sanders is getting more than about 55 uh, to 60% of the carries there for Philly or opportunities, I should say. Upside and opportunity, man. I think you nailed it, especially if you're getting him at the early third or mid third, whatever. That's a steal with carry on what he's done. What Miles has done on the field. Yeah, it's nice, but they don't want to run him into the ground. We've seen that. This might be a slow cook situation, but I could see, you know, some big things happening from another real sticky situation. CJ, your taxi squad sleeper came in late last minute. Congratulations on a, a who are you talking to? Are you saying a prayer mid show <laughs> Sabbath? I get it. Reverend Jordan. C.J. Krause, your new gym manager, buff and still the stuff. Tell us a little bit about Brevin Jordan. Yeah, Brevin Jordan is an interesting one. Honestly, I wanted to take Jared Dokes, but I got last on the packing order on this one. But uh, I have about 90% exposure with Dokes on there. But Brevin Jordan's another guy I have very high exposure on. So I'm going to quiz you guys really fast. Can you name the three tight ends that caught passes for the Houston Texans last year? No, but I can name three tight ends from the University of Miami. Yeah. Which is the sad thing. It's easier to name those. Um, did Khalil well, Warren they, get one? Nope. He did no, not, actually. Oh it was Jordan Akins. Jordan That's one. It was... Uh... <laughs> All right, I'll call it there. Uh, Jordan Akins, Pharaoh Brown, and Darren Fells were the three uh, tight ends who caught Darren passes Fels. last year for that team. And they caught 72 receptions for 878 yards and a Deshaun Watson. Let's not talk about that, but that's who was the quarterback last year. A very good on the field quarterback that we talked that likes to use his tight end. That's a big deal that nobody could produce there. So they went out and got somebody that honestly pre-draft was probably everyone's tight end two, maybe tight end three who just fell so far to pick number 147. So, I think with the opportunity that he has in front of him, because he was one of the better pass catchers last year. He had 38 receptions, 576 yards last year, and seven touchdowns while missing three games due to an ankle injury and COVID protocol. So he was already three games behind a lot of people. So he's one of those guys that I don't expect Titan to break out year one. This is especially for the 
um, tight end premium leagues primarily because he's a decent blocker and a better pass catcher. And those are the upside tight ends I go for. These are the kind of guys that you'll see like the Robert Tunyons or the Logan Thomases that break out a little bit later on because they're not there to block. They're literally just there to catch passes. And that's what we care about in uh, fantasy football. Well, there you go. Brevin Jordan on a Texans team with a lot of questions, but this is a guy that's probably not even getting drafted. I believe. Usually Another like one. fourth round. That's like when I've seen him a lot of the time, like super late. Like people are forgetting like how much you liked him before the draft. And they're just putting that in the perspective. Again, I don't expect anything more than a late third. I'd have to spend on him. So yeah. that's why he's the perfect stash. And again, the taxi squad's there to let people develop and tight ends, especially you can let them sit down there and, they're one of the ones, if it, if it hits, you have a lot panning out for you. Mr. True North Nate has a little question about Hunter Long as a stash in Miami with Gasecki there. Is there room for a two tight end set? I don't think it's going to be a two tight end set. I think he's going to be there to be the heir apparent because they don't want to pay Gasecki. Because right. Gusecki's going to want to get paid. So a, lo- a Hunter Long's there to sit behind him until the time comes for Gusecki to move on to another team. Because he's going to ask for too much money. So I think that's what Hunter Long's purpose is. Again, another perfect guy to put on a taxi squad to wait on. That's and someone that's that probably, I like. And that's probably next season. I mean, he's, he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent next season. This is the last year that Miami really has to pay him. So it's just the question of, you know, for me, that whole offense, that whole situation is uh, what, what did they think about Tua? And I think Miami is telling you what they think about Tua. They went out and got his buddy Waddle. They brought in Will Fuller. Obviously, you still have Parker there. Uh, you have Gasecki, but they feel like they need another guy behind him. So they go out and get Hunter Long in a draft where they really could have used uh, a lot of other pieces outside of another tight end. So, I, I kind of like that, especially if you got room on the taxi squad and you can hang on to him for a couple of years. I'm, I've got quite a bit of Hunter Long as well. Um, he's kind of my, my pivot from, uh, from Reverend Jordan, actually. All right, so here's another one that we didn't talk about because we got a comment. I'll go ahead and spit it to you. David Montgomery, man. This is a tough one. RB4 last year. You're getting Justin Fields. They have a good defense. They use them in the red zone. What are y'all's thoughts? Do you see a RB one year? And could it happen, or is it still in that RB two, maybe some RB one weeks? You didn't say RB three, Maddie. Nah, man, I'm not going that bad. Jeez. I man, I. If Justin Fields is who we think he is, then David Montgomery is an okay running back too, but. The dude had the perfect storm last season. Tariq Cohen went down. Nobody else behind him. His late season schedule was as favorable uh, favorable as anyone's going down the stretch. And I think peak value, I think you already missed peak value on David Montgomery. So if we talk about, uh, you know, trust falls and cliff dives, I think you got to hold on to him because I just, I don't think you're getting a whole lot back. I mean, grant you earlier this season, I traded uh, David Montgomery straight up for Kenny Galladay. I mean, I, couldn't hit smash you know i couldn't smash except quick enough on that deal but um in a lot of leagues i don't think you're getting those offers necessarily so david montgomery i genuinely i don't think he's in my top 20 interesting i had just made a david montgomery trade today it didn't feel great but i did it anyways i got debo david montgomery and justin fields 
and I gave away Michael Thomas and Darnold. Just real superplex. Sure. Yeah, I just well, wasn't sure. I have too much Darnold in my life. So say it one more time. Uh, Darnold and Michael Thomas for Justin Fields, David Montgomery, and Debo Samuel. I, I guess I lean the field side because I'm high in fields, but yeah. I mean, like, it's it's very close. I yeah. can see it going either way. I think fields is the best piece in all of that, and then Michael Thomas is the second best piece in all of that. But Name I think a receiver the, that you could probably get for David Montgomery right now. <laughs> not Kenny Colladay again. I mean, not, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, while you while we start thinking, I mean, maybe like a DJ Chark or something like that. That could be a decent piece to go for. But yeah. I think um, I think David Montgomery is is an RB two. He is what we thought he is. I think that he still doesn't have many people behind him. A two comes come off a major injury. There's Damian Williams coming off a year of not playing football, and then Khalil Herbert, another guy you should be stashing at the bottom of your taxi squads. Oh yeah, another d- deeper guy down there that could take some <laughs> away. I'm just saying that's um, where Why I would be I heading. Love these guys. <laughs> do you the think you get Cooper Cup for? Uh, yeah, I think you get Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's I, ADP is behind him. I take Cooper Cup. I would. I think I would take that too, as long as I'm not like RB needy. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. But just assuming situation, but like if, if in a vacuum, I take Cooper Cup. I agree. RB needy and RB meaty. This is what the episode was. Let's get you out of here real quick. Jonathan Adams, undrafted free agent. Tore up, I believe it was the Sun Belt Conference last year. I almost laughed. Player of the year plays basketball. Mike Williams comp in Detroit sucks. No receivers other than Tyrell. This is an outside receiver. You can, you know, get off of waivers probably week three, but get him now. He is a hot buy. Any uh, Jonathan Adams fans? I don't know who the shit Jonathan Adams is, to be quite frank with you. It's, okay, it's, okay, it's one of those things that, that's, like, that's like a sure. Why yeah, not? If you I honest, okay, taxi spots. Philosophically, I don't like this because I don't like putting receivers on my taxi squad. Because it's really what you get at the end of the day from them long term. So, like, I'd rather put tight ends or running backs on my taxi squad over a seventh round wide receiver. Because at best you're expecting jonathan adams to be what a wide receiver three you're hoping for that's what you're that's what you want hey, he's gonna have, he's for. gonna be like mike williams on a good year baby so okay it's somebody you're maybe starting once a season or a bye week guy but if i, I get a guy like a brevin jordan hunter long and they hit they could be a top 12 tight end out there we're talking to guys like um khalil herbert jared dokes kenny gainwell if they hit they can be rb2 as a weekly starter i just I don't like see a wide receiver hitting that threshold. So that's this why philosophical. Of, I don't uh, like it. Game of Thrones. I believe that's what it is where you're walking through naked and everybody's just shaming you. That's what it feels like on this one. I don't hate Adams though. I do like him. I just don't see a path to make him fantasy. Relevant. I think for football, he could be good on the team. And I think he has the way to do it. I just don't see when I would ever use him unless I'm starting like five wide receivers. In the, path is this, the path is next Kenny Galladay. Who knows? It's Detroit. That's the path. There's well, the path. No okay, idea. it's Jared Goff, Detroit. Do you do you want Jared Goff's? What you think? No, he can I don't. I'm just saying. I mean, and Jared Goff probably has two seasons. If we're being realistic, yeah, which is probably going to take. Uh, that's what it's going to take. How long it's going to take for Jonathan Adams to be relevant? Most likely. So, uh, from that perspective, I mean, 
I, I'm not worried about anybody in front of him. Sands, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown. But other than that, I mean, it, I think this really also depends how deep your taxi squad is, too. Like a lot of taxi squads on average are three players. And if I'm using three players, I want the more high, high, like upside positions. If you're in a league that like some, I've I have one that's a 10 player taxi. Adams is on there. Then sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Toss everybody on there. If I can right, use anybody. Damian Hawkins, you changed my mind. Louisville, Atlanta Falcons. I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Um, dude, let's get out of here. You guys wore me out today. I've talked enough about taxi squads that I'm hype on Jonathan Adams. Let's get him off the screen. Dude. Burner faces a fantasy at Burner Stone. You can come knock down your door in Idaho. Closing thoughts. Uh, man, I just want to say uh, thank you for having me on. This is my first foray into a uh, fantasy football show. That's not just an interview. So uh, it's a nice change of pace. I didn't have the stats like Matt Kelly over here, but you know, uh, I, I, I dabble. I've, I've, I've played for, for some years. I'm a big fan and, if anybody uh, wants to check out the podcast, it's on Twitter uh, at Faces of Fantasy, and you should check out Monday's episode too. It ran a little long, but uh, I got Rum Boys Robbie on there with me. So, Faces of Fantasy, yes, sir. Layton Burner kicking butt and taking names. Try it, man. Maybe. Later, Gator. Mister CJ, Mister Flash Gordon, promotion at work. Killing it in fantasy. You got one half of two bad dudes with attitudes, a dynasty duo. Taking over, baby. At Kid Flash FF. Closing thoughts. No, I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to talk about some things. And I always love hearing um, you guys hype up players. I've been picking up in our league together. So it's really nice to know I'm doing some good things with that. But yeah, if you want to check out any of my stuff, always can you find me at Kid Flash FF. My podcast with my good friend Tyler Carp from DLF. It is at the Dynasty Duo FF. We have a pod dropping tonight. So that's going to be this week's episode. It's going to be talking about some veteran under the radar players. So get ready to listen to that. Man, like Jonathan Adams and the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Ow! Let's get you off. That sounded weird. Matt Kelly, the blueprint, the pick is in. You make the calls on the field and off, man. DFS madman during the season and you're kicking butt on dynasty at that Matt Kelly at the pick is in closing thoughts is Arkansas state red wolves. Is that the real team? Oh, I, need to know. <laughs> I really just wanted to howl again is, is really all it was. Uh, but yeah, man, the pick is in a fantasy football podcast, uh, wherever you find podcasts is pretty much where you can find us. Uh, we're going to be starting up division months uh, here in just a few. So we're just going to be breaking down division uh, by division for the next eight-ish weeks or so. We're going to throw a best ball draft in there. Uh, we're going to oh. start talking about some early props that you can get on uh, before pieces start moving. So that's what we got uh, looking looking ahead on the Pick is In Fantasy Football Podcast, as you mentioned, at that Matt Kelly, at the Pick is In FFP. And uh, appreciate it, Matty. We'll do it again soon, buddy. Always a pleasure, my treasure. The pick is in. Before I get out of here, real quick, www.fffair.com at Fantasy Affair FF on Twitter. Thank you to my team, the people that write, the people that edit, that tweet, that MySpace, that page me, anything and everything. Thank you, Fantasy Affair. It has been fun. I'll see you tomorrow with some quick hitters. Darnell Mooney. 
Till next time, let's get it.